0: You're listening to Protect His House on the Armor Up podcast. Our goal is to connect the good news of the gospel with our everyday lives. Here's this week's episode. Welcome to episode two. Thanks for listening. I want to start today with a general principle in life that I think all of us can relate to, and that's this. Commitment is costly, and the higher the cost, the more you have to think about if the commitment is worth it. So for example, you may love playing a certain sport, just like I loved football, but I remember when I was a freshman in high school, I was so excited to play football, I was excited to have the jersey, to get to run out the tunnel, to get to wear the t-shirt on game day and all that stuff. But I remember one day a coach after practice gave this speech and he told us that if we want to make the commitment to play football there and to actually get playing time, we're going to have to live in the weight room. And I remember when he said that line, live in the weight room had this thought where I was like, that sounds awful. There's a million other places I think I would rather live than the weight room. And I had to really decide, is that actually worth the cost to get playing time on this team? The same thing is true when I was in the grocery store a few days ago. When I was walking down the aisle, the sweet lady who worked there offered me a free sample of some food. And of course, that's an easy commitment. It's no cost. You walk over there, you have a little conversation, you eat some food. But when she said, hey, do you want to actually buy A package of this food, that's when I had to go, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know if that's actually worth the cost. Now that we're talking about putting my money on the line and things like that, don't really know if that's worth the commitment anymore. And the same idea is true in all sorts of areas of life that all of a sudden, when the cost gets raised, you have to make a decision if the commitment is actually worth it. The same exact thing happens too with our relationship with Jesus. When I used to work at a Christian camp in the summer, I would see this happen all the time. Campers would get really excited about Jesus after a week at camp. They'd have a lot of fun with friends, great Bible studies, a really fun time. But when they got home, what they would realize as the weeks went on is that following Jesus in the real world actually is a commitment, and there's a cost to it. It might cost you some friends, it might cost you how you spend your time, it might cost you some popularity, it might cost you having to live differently than some other people do. And when that happens, you begin to have to ask the question: Is following Jesus actually worth the commitment and the cost? I wonder if some of us are actually there today. This is the question that we're all going to have to ask as time goes on, as, as we begin a new school year. Is following Jesus worth it when the cost and the commitment comes in? Here's the cool thing, though, we are not the only ones who've had to deal with this. In the Gospel of Mark, one of my favorite books in the Bible the disciples start off in a relationship with Jesus and they get to see really cool things happen. They get to see Jesus commit miracles. They get to see Jesus do really exciting things. And he gets really popular. Crowds want to follow him. Crowds want to be around him. But then all of a sudden in Mark 8, he gives them a very tough teaching. And he tells them that he came to die on a cross for the sins of people. And that if they were going to follow him, if they're going to be associated with him in a relationship, that there's going to be suffering and there's going to be rejection at times. It's going to be uncomfortable sometimes. It's going to have a cost to it. So let's go. Who's in? Who wants to do that? And some of them responded very strongly because that's not the kind of person that they wanted to follow at the time. They wanted it to be comfortable. They didn't want to lose popularity. They didn't necessarily want to have to make a sacrifice like that. So they're having to ask the question if following him was really worth it, just like we do today. Now, what's awesome is that in Mark 9, Jesus knows this, and he gives Peter, James, and John, three of his main disciples, this experience to help them see that it really is worth it. And he doesn't give them some tips and tricks, but instead he gives them the best thing he possibly can, and that's himself. Because he knows that when you see him for who he is, and you see his glory, and you see how amazing he is, you will see that he really is worth it. So in Mark 9, He takes them up to a mountain. And in verse three, this is what it says happened. It's a crazy thing. It says, His clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. So he's just dazzling when they look at him. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses. So, two heroes of the Old Testament, they all of a sudden show up and they're talking with Jesus. And then in verse seven, it says, A cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud This is my beloved son. Listen to him. So I want you to think about if you're there in that moment and you see this crazy thing happen, right? Why would Jesus give them this experience right after he tells them that to follow him, there's going to be a cost involved? It's going to be hard at times. Because this is what he's attempting to show them in that story and in the rest of Mark. There's two things about him that he wants them to see. The first is this he is the king of glory, he is the king of all things, he's the creator of all things he's the glorious king. He's not just a regular man. He's not just a hobby you can talk about on Sunday mornings every now and then, but he is the king of all things. He is God. But the second thing is this, not only is he God, not only is he the true king, but he became a servant who eventually would die on a cross for their sins and for yours and mine as well. And what Jesus knew was this is that if they would see that he is the king of glory, who became a servant, who took up a cross out of love for them, then they would know that when it got hard, it was still worth it to follow him. The problem is this. You and me today, we live in a society that tells us to look at ourselves more than our Savior. So we're constantly bombarded with messages that are telling us to look at us and how we're doing. But the reality is this. The more and more you look at the one that you're in a relationship with, the more and more you're going to see that he is worth it because he's the king who became a servant for you. And the more and more you see that reality, the more and more you're going to truly believe that following him is worth it. So I want to ask you that question today. Do you truly believe that following him is worth it? If you see him as the king of all things, the king of glory, who took up a cross to serve you out of love for you, to die on it for your sins, then that is going to fuel you to see that it truly is worth it even when there's a cost. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. We thank you for this truth in Mark 8 and 9 that just like the disciples, Lord, sometimes we see that truly following you in our daily lives does have a cost to it. Maybe it's going to cost us popularity. Maybe it's going to cost us certain decisions that we're making. It can cost us a variety of things. But Lord, when we look at you for who you are and we see that you are the king who out of love became a servant and took up your cross... We see that you're the most valuable one that there is and that following you truly is worth it. So I pray that we would take our eyes off of ourselves today. We would see you for who you are and that would fuel us to follow you today. We pray that in Christ's name, amen.